Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 4th, 2022. And so I'm teaching a series right now. I'm in this vein. I'm flowing in this vein where I'm talking about God's grace and our faith. And I love both of those things. For years, prior to, prior to uh, 2012, I was a faith man, right? So I was just like, you know, I, I thought that for the rest of my life, I was just going to teach faith, 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 faith. And I taught, you know, everything. And, and, I, and I ended most messages like saying, I, we are the just and the just shall live by faith, right? And so that was cool until 2012. In 2012, the Lord started to teach me about his grace. And it wasn't that my understanding was incorrect, but it was incomplete. And so if you try to live by faith without understanding God's grace, there's going to be too much emphasis on you. And so I had a lot of pressure on me, like, oh, I got to do these confessions. Oh, I got to do these scriptures. Oh, I got to pray in the Holy Ghost for an hour. Oh, I got to do, oh, I got to, oh, I got to, oh, I got to. And there was all this spotlight was on me and what I got to do towards God in faith, in faith, in faith, in faith. And I didn't understand the grace of God. And, and so from 2012 to now, I've learned a couple of things about God's grace. And so now my mantra is not, we are the just and the just shall live by faith. Now my mantra is the grace life. Woo! And, and, and I have been re- delivered and, and relieved from this pressure to perform. And so I've learned a couple of things about this. And so I, I, I'm excited about sharing with you God's grace and our faith. Everything God does for us, he does it by grace. Grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved. Everything we do in response to that should be by faith. And so faith by faith, I'm believing what I cannot validate with my natural senses, but I believe those things to be true. I believe it's already done. It's, it's God's finished work. And now all I'm doing is I'm providing the faith that taps into God's grace for God's will to be done, what he already planned from the foundations of the world to happen in the fullness of his timing in my life. That's how I live. It's the grace life. You got it? All right. So I need you to open up your heart to get ready to receive what God is about to say to you. All right, so now that you understand that it's God's part is grace and our part is faith, I've been teaching you that faith works by love. This is God's grace and our faith, part eight. Faith works by love, part seven. And the title of today's message is getting over the feeling that you can't or that you messed up. There are two feelings I'm going to talk about today. The feeling that, oh man, I messed up. Therefore, God is not going to do it. Or the feeling that, man, this, this is just never going to work out. Like, I, I'm never going to be able to do what God's, you know, what, what I'm believing, what's on my vision board, uh, 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 I'm never going to be able to do it. Okay, stop. If you listen to me, you're not going to think like that, right? You're not going to, I'm a matter of fact, that's thinking, thinking, we're going to get rid of that. But but yes, you can do all things through Christ and you didn't mess up bad enough for God to throw you away. God would never throw you away. He would never turn his back on you. So let me address both of those today from the word of God. We've been looking at John chapter one, verses 14 and 17, and also Galatians 5 and 6. Let me read it for you, and then we'll get into the Word. John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word, Jesus, became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the Father, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 17. The law was given by Moses. That's true. Old Testament. But grace and truth came through the Lord, Jesus Christ. New Testament. 
For in Christ Jesus, Galatians 5 and 6, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. Your works is not about your works. You can't be made righteous by works. You can only be made righteous by faith. So the only thing that matters now is faith, and faith works by love. So what does this mean for you today? I have a few things to share with you in this morning. I actually have more. I always have more word than time, by the way. So I never run out of word. I just run out of time, just so you know. So anyway, uh, I have a lot more. I had to cut it off at a certain point. I was like, oh, I have to deal with this tomorrow. So I have a few things to share with you in this morning. I want you to open up your heart to receive. This is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. If you haven't shared the link, please share this message right now. I'm about to get started. You ready? All right, here we go. Number one. God's love will keep you in the space between the promise and the performance. God's love will keep you in the space between the promise and the performance. You probably heard me say this before. Uh, every once in a while, God gives you a promise and then he manifests a promise that same day. Ooh. When that happens, I love it. I love it. Like God gives me a word in the morning and that same day he brings it to pass. I receive it. Glory to God. I love it. Now, but but to be honest, that's like 1% of the time. I mean, the, the, the vast majority of the time, God gives you a promise right here, and then he manifests the promise over here. So he, he, this is the promise, and this is the performance. So there's a space between the promise and the performance, right? And so in the space between the promise and the performance, the devil tries to stir up problems. Well, let me say it another way. You know, God gives you a word. You set your faith in agreement. You believe you receive it. You pray. You, you confess it. Here's your confession. Here's the completion. There's a space between the confession and the completion. And in that space, the devil tries to stir up confusion. Now, this space between the confession and the com completion or the space between the promise and the performance, that space could be days, could be weeks, could be months, could be years. Now, let that sink in for a minute. God gives you something. He told you what it was. He gave you a glimpse of it, but he didn't tell you when it was going to happen. And so it could be years that you're waiting on God to do in his, the fullness of his timing what he promised you. And so while you're waiting, because it could be days or, or weeks or months or years, then inevitably in that space, you're probably going to do something wrong. Look at me. You are not perfect and you need to get over it. So in that space, you're more than likely going to make a mistake, right? Because you're a human. And so if you, when you make a mistake, if you make a mistake, when you make a mistake, at the end of the day, if it's years, yeah, you're going to mess up. There are some things that, that are going to take years to come to pass. And while you're waiting on God and you make a mistake, I told you this before, but it's worth repeating. The devil's going to come in and say, hey, aha, you messed up. Now you disqualified yourself, right? You almost had it. The devil would say, ooh, you, almost, you was almost there. You was almost there, but you messed up now. And since you messed up, you blew it. You messed up. You, you need to stop believing God because now you disqualified yourself. Well, this is where the love of God comes in. This is why you got to... I'm trying to get you. I've been day, for days now. I've been trying to get you to disconnect, to detach, to decouple your faith from your performance because your performance is never going to measure up to the size of God's love and his grace and his call. Not going to happen. 
So you're not, you're not going to be able to perform on that level. Get over yourself. So just decouple, detach your faith from your performance. Your faith towards God cannot be based on your level of performance towards him. If your perceived level of goodness uh, God towards you is based on your level of performance towards him, then you will never be able to believe God on the level that he's calling you because he will call you to do things that exceed your power, your ability, your strength. You got it? So this is where the love of God comes in. You're going to make a mistake. And when you do, the devil calls, ta-da, gotcha now. You messed up. And so you blew it. You messed up. And because you messed up, he's going to try to get you over into guilt and shame and condemnation. But this is where the love of God comes in. Because of the love of God, I have to remind myself that no, faith works by love, God's love. My performance may be on this level, but God's love is on this level and faith works by love. Therefore, I'm not going to allow my lack of perfect performance or my flaw or my failure to cause me to stop believing God because what God's promise was never based on my performance in the first place. Number two, your focus needs to be on God and not on you, right? So your focus needs to be on God and not on you. Why is that, Rick? Well, because you are human and you are flawed. Look at me. Let that sink in. You are human and you are flawed and God is divine and God is flawless, right? So here you have you and here you have God. You are human. You're flawed. God is divine. God is not a man. God is flawless. You mess up. God doesn't. You make mistakes. God will never make a mistake. <laughs> you, you say stuff and then don't perform it. God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he will perform it. If he promised it, he'll make it good. So who do you want your faith to be based on? You want your faith to be based on you and your performance and low, oh, if I mess up, then can't believe God no more. Or do you want your faith to be based on God who is perfect and infinite and flawless? Mm, I choose this guy, right? I choose it over here. So at the end of the day, your faith has to be rooted and grounded on God's love. You got to disconnect, decouple, detach yourself from your performance. Your faith cannot be based on your performance. God gives you promises and your job is to believe and receive them, right? To, to believe them by faith and then to believe them long enough for God's timing to be manifested so that you can actually receive it. So once you get past the initial shock of how big the promise is, so first of all, some people can't even get past the initial shock. The initial shock is God wants to do this in your life, but your perception of you is this, and God wants to do this, but your perceived level of performance is this, and you're like, well, how could... So once you get past the initial shock of, no, God wants to do something in your life that's way bigger than you, so it's not about you, it's all about him, once you get past that and you start believing God for the promise, no matter how big it is, you have to keep reminding yourself that faith works by love. You have to open up your heart. The only reason why I can open up my heart that big is because I'm, I'm allowing the love of God that was poured out in my heart through the Holy Spirit to help me to believe that God wants to do it because God wants to do it because God is good, not because I'm good. And faith works by love. Faith works by God's love and God's love is bam. So I'm going to believe God for bam. So now I open my heart long. Now I can see it. Now I'm trying to believe what God believes about me. And boom, now I'm at the level where I start to believe what God believes about me. I look in the mirror and say, as Jesus is, 
so am I in this world. And I start believing what God believes about me and all of that. And I get super excited. And then I mess up. And then I do something wrong. And so, so when I do something wrong, I have to keep believing God because my faith cannot be based on my performance. It has to be based on God's love. And, and, and then you have to believe God for the, in the space between the promise and the performance. And so while I'm waiting on God, I have to believe God, not just to believe God, but I have to believe God long enough. Hebrews 6 and 12 says, it is through faith and patience that you obtain the promises of God. It is through faith and patience. So I have to add patience to my faith and I have to believe God big enough. I have to believe God long enough. And then in the space, yeah, I'm probably going to make mistakes because, and I have to get over the fact that I made a mistake. So your humanity is flawed and you will invariably make mistakes while you walk with God. And then these thoughts then lead to, oh man, I've disqualified myself, right? Or you will be trying so hard that I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to make this thing work. God gave me this business. I'm trying to make it work. God gave, gave me this job. I'm trying to make it work. God, God sent me to this place. I'm trying to make it work. God, God, God put me in the education system. I'm, I'm trying hard to make it work. God put me in the media system. I'm trying to make it work. I'm in the finance. I'm, God called me to finance. I'm trying to, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying to make it work. You're, you're putting in all the time and energy and effort and you experience failure after failure after failure after failure. But God gave you a word and God gave you a promise, but it's not working. You're in real estate and you're, it's not working. And you, and, and so in both cases, either, hey, you messed up. Now you feel disqualified or man, I'm trying the best that I can and it's not working. But I know what God said, but it's just not working. In both cases, if, if your confidence is not in God, you're going to give up, right? You're going to have negative thoughts. The devil is going to try to get you to feel like, A, you disqualified yourself because you messed up, or B, you, you're going to keep running. The devil will say, keep smashing your head against the wall. It's never going to work out. The devil will tell you, it works out for other people. It's just not going to work out for you. Why? Because he wants the spotlight to be on you. If the spotlight is on you, then you're going to feel like you disqualified yourself or it's just never going to work out. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. I, maybe it's just, maybe it works out for other people. It's just not going to work out for me. Maybe, did I hear God? Did I miss God? Did I do something wrong? See, the devil tries it. That's what the devil loves. He's trying to get you to think about you. He's trying to get you to think about you. The devil's logic is flawed in the first place. First of all, I can never disqualify myself from something I never qualified for right? God called me from the foundations of the world. God didn't call me based on my performance. God called me based on his grace. So I could never disqualify myself from something I never qualified for in the first place. God's call is not based on my qualifications. God's call is based on his grace. And then the other, in the other case, the feeling of failure, it, the, the devil is trying to get you to feel like you are a failure, to put your focus on you. Like, man, I can't do it. I would, it would never work out for me. It works out for other people. I've been in church. I hear other testimonies. I don't have that testimony. I guess it just don't work out for me. See, the devil is going to try to get you to put the spotlight on you. And so God is like, stop. Rick, can you help these people out? What do you want me to tell them? Tell them to stop. Stop. Decouple, disconnect, detach your faith from your performance. I need you to stop. Stop looking at you. If the devil can feel like, get you to feel like you will never be good enough, then you will buckle under the pressure. If the devil can get you to feel like you disqualified yourself, then you will stop believing God. And, and this is common because God calls us to do things that we can't do without him. God will give us a picture of something. Bam, he gives us a, the picture. And what God does through the Holy Spirit is that he gives us a picture of success. God gives us a picture 
of the end state. God gives us a picture of what, it, what it's going to look like. Oh my God, you get excited. You tell your girlfriends, you see yourself doing something. You ain't never done before. You see yourself speaking to all these people. You see yourself running that business. You see yourself, bam, you see an office with your name on it. The Holy Spirit will paint that picture and he will make it super clear and you get super excited and you can see it. But you know what the Holy Spirit will not tell you? He will not tell you all the hell you're going to have to go through in order to bring it to pass. He, he won't do it. Let me give you an example. I, I'm in the book. Let me give you an example. I'll give you Joseph as an example. I could give you more. Joseph got a dream from God. In the dream, the Holy Spirit, bam, gives him a good picture. What's the picture? You are going to be over your brothers. Here's another dream. Boom, you'll be even over your parents. And so now the dream is the end state. So he gets a, 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 a dream of the end state. The end state is some way, somehow, my brothers and even my parents are going to bow down to me. Oh, my God, I don't know how that's going to happen. That's a picture of the end state. That's a picture of the palace phase of Joseph's life. But you know what God didn't tell him? God didn't show him the pit phase. Mm -mm. God didn't show him the Potiphar phase. Mm -mm. God didn't show him the prison phase. Mm -mm. You know why? Because if God showed you all the hell that you have to go through in order to get what he's promising, a lot of you would run the other way. And so, so no, God is not going to do it. What God does is he will give you a picture of the end state. He will not give you a picture of everything you have to go through along the way. And so this is where the love of God comes in. Along the way, you're going to make mistakes. Along the way, you're going to face obstacles and challenges and setbacks and disappointments. Along the way, you're going to have all kinds of stuff. You're going to feel like you're not perfect and you're going to feel like you're not good enough. You're going to feel like you messed up and get over it. Get over the fact. Stop. I need you to stop looking at you. You are spending too much time looking at you. You can't live like that. Faith doesn't work like that. Faith works by love. For, for you to operate on the level that God has called you to operate, your eyes have to be fixed and focused on God, not on you. Your, your conversation has to be, this is what God wants to do. This is God said. He, he has to perform. He has to make it good. He's not a man. And so, so you got to keep looking at God, not at yourself. If you look at God, your faith will be strong. If you look at you, your faith is going to be shaky at best. And, and matter of fact, you, you, you're not going to be able to rest because your, your performance is just not that good enough. But when you look at God, I can enter into God's rest and I can rest in his love. Say amen to that. All right. Number three, God is in the business of using imperfect people. God is in the business of using imperfect people. And so I say this all the time. God is in the business of making holy garments out of flawed material. I can give you a bunch of examples. I'll just give you two real quick as I, as I try to keep going this morning. Number one is Abraham. Let me talk about Abraham. Abraham was not perfect. God gave Abraham a promise. God comes up to Abraham. There's this man named Abram. He's 75. His wife is 65. They don't have no kids. They're in the, the land of Ur of the Chaldeans. They are idol worshipers. God calls them. This is all God has nothing to do with Abraham. God says, I have called you. I will make your name great. I need you to follow me. I need you to go. I know you worship idols that you can see, but I'm a God that you cannot see. And I need you to believe in a God that you cannot see so that I can manifest myself in your life in a way that you can see. And so I need you to go where I'm going to lead you to go. And I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless all the families of the earth through you. I'm going to bless those that bless you. I'm going to curse those that curse you. It's all God. It's zero Abraham. Zero. This has nothing. This was the grace of God, right? Abraham says, okay, let's go. Along the way, he's waiting. He's waiting. 13 years later, they still don't have the baby. So what does he do? His wife comes up to him and says, baby, I got an idea. What's that? Maybe God is going to give you the baby through one of my servants. Why don't you come? Hey, come here for a minute, girl. Hey, why don't you sleep with her? 
and maybe God will give you the baby that way. <laughs> and you know, this joke was a man. He was like, you want me to have sex with her? Okay, cool. I'm down for it. And so he has, he has sex with her, has a baby that causes a rift. Uh, it's, it gets so bad that he winds up having to kick the lady and the son out. And so, so that is ridiculous. And so, so that caused a problem. That was not the will of God. He was outside of the will of God. He was trying to do performance instead of God's grace. And, 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 and I could say a lot about Ishmael and Isaac, but I won't for this morning. So anyway, he messed up. He was not right. It, he was imperfect. However, when Abraham is mentioned in the New Testament, he's the father of faith. Whenever he's mentioned in the New Testament, God doesn't even bring up his shortcomings. He lied about his sister. He established an atmosphere lying. His son did the same lie. He, he slept with his servant. He had a baby, another baby that wasn't the promise of God. He did all kinds of stuff wrong. But in the New Testament, when God talks about Abraham, mm -mm, God just talks about Abraham like he was awesome. He's the father of faith. You see what I'm saying? Why? Faith works by love. Okay, another example. David. David. <laughs> My wife is laughing about what I said. Hey, you know, he was a man. I got you. You know, you, you know the deal. All right, so David. David was not perfect. David was flawed. He made mistakes. God called David. Same thing. He was minding his own business. He was a shepherd boy. The prophet came. The man of God came. Said, you're going to be the next king of Israel. What? How am I supposed to be the next king of Israel? I'm, I'm, not, I'm from the wrong family, wrong bloodline. I'm not qualified. God said, I'm not asking you for that. You're going to be the next king of Israel. Why? Because I called you to do it by grace, not by your performance. After all of that stuff, that he went through, and I, I've taught on all this before. It took him 13 years to, for, for Saul to die and him, all of this stuff. He became the king of Judah. Then after that, seven more years, boom, he became the king of unified Israel. After all of that, so he got comfortable in being the king. After all that he went through with God, at the time when they were supposed to go out to do battle, at the time when he was supposed to be with his men and the army uh, on the front lines, he chose to stay home. And because he was out of place and out of order, he saw a woman and, and she was fine. And another, another guy doing another guy thing, he slept with this woman. He got a, a woman pregnant. Then the woman was married. Oh, snap. What are we going to do now? All right. Then not only did he get a married woman pregnant, he had the married woman's husband killed. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's what he did. He messed up. So he messed up real bad, right? So he committed adultery, got the woman pregnant, then killed the woman's husband. and. God sends a prophet to expose David's sin to him. He repents. He, and he goes on to, to do amazing things. He allowed the Holy Spirit to wash him of guilt and shame and condemnation. He was restored. Why? Because he was focused on God's grace. But here's the thing. In the New Testament, when the New Testament talks about David, the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. The Bible doesn't say anything about David messing up. Why? Because God loves us. You know how it is with your kids. Your kids are not perfect. But when you talk about your kids, you don't highlight their flaws. When you talk about your kids, you don't highlight their imperfections. Mm. When you talk about your kids, how your kids, oh, they're doing good. Let me tell you about this one. Let me tell you about this one. And you, why? You accentuate the positive. And that's what God does. In the New Testament, he talks about Abraham like Abraham was a man. In the, in the New Testament, he talks about David like David was a man. Why? Because that's my son and I love him. Faith works by love. It's the grace of God, not our performance. You got it? I could use Peter as another example. Peter always spoke out of turn. He denied Christ three times. But anyway, God still used him to establish a New Testament church. I think you get the point. All right, number four and finally, last point for today. I've said a lot. Let me close it out with this point. God's love takes the focus and the pressure off of you. And I have more to say about this, so we'll talk about this again tomorrow. But God's love 
takes the focus and the pressure and the spotlight off of you. I've been telling you this now for a while, and I'm going to keep telling you to you. You need to get this down in your heart. Look at me. God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. Not because you're good, not because you're perfect, not because you earned it, not because you deserve it. God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. And you got to settle this. You got to settle this issue in your heart. You got to detach, decouple, disconnect your faith from your performance. It's not about your performance. If Unless you learn how to rest in God's love, you are never going to, to disconnect yourself from your performance. And as long as you're looking at your performance, you're going to have pressure. You will take on the pressure to perform. Religion does that. That's why I hate religion and I believe God hates religion. Religion puts the spotlight on you and on your, it puts pressure on you to perform. But God wants to bless you by his unearned and amazing grace. And when you get this down in your heart, you know what? My faith is strong. You know why my faith is strong? It's because it's based on God's love, not my performance. My performance is this. God's love is that. My performance is this. God's love is that. So I'm going to base my faith on God's love, not my performance. I know that God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. I know that God gave me a picture of some things. Now, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know all the stuff I have to go through to get there. But what I do know is that no matter how many times I mess up, I can't disqualify myself. And no matter how many times I fail, as long as the only way I can lose is if I quit. If I keep going... It's only a matter of time. I may have 17 no's, but on the 18th try, it's going to come to pass. I may have 24 no's, but on the 25th try, the only way I can lose is if I quit. I'm not going to quit. There's no quitting in me. Why? Because my life is rooted and grounded in God's love towards me. God will never give up on me, so I will never give up on God. You got it? All right, that's enough. And so uh, that's enough for today. I will talk about this again tomorrow, some more. So, But you got to get this down in your heart. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to speak this over your life. Speak this words of faith from a believing heart. You ready? All right, say it. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about your love and grace. I am learning to take the pressure off of me. From this day forward, I will keep my eyes and my heart fixed and focused on you and your finished work for my life. My life is no longer about me, my selfish desires, or my flawed performance. You look past my faults, my flaws, and my failures, and you call me anyway. You call me by grace. So I accept the call. I know my calling is calling and I will answer the call by faith, no matter how long it takes. The space between the promise and the performance, I will never give up. I will never cave in. I will never quit. I will keep believing because my confidence is not in me. Even when I mess up and the devil tells me I disqualify myself, I tell the devil, that I cannot be disqualified from something I never qualified for. My faith works because my faith is rooted and grounded in your love for me. So I meditate on your love day and night, and I boldly declare 
greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another one. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If now, if you don't get my notes, right, you should want my notes for free. So go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments in the chat. If this message was a blessing to you, I'd like to read those. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. If you're interested, if this content is, is a blessing to you and you want more content from Isabella and I in a more private setting, then check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.